Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today from Firefall, from Spirit, from Heart, Mark Andes. Mark, how you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be talking to, to you. I'm, I'm so glad I get to talk to you about this new record, Comet. But before we get into that, I just wanted to ask, how is the pandemic life treating you? I'm sure Firefall had a lot of shows scheduled this year, but uh, those have been put on hold. Yes, exactly. We've been uh, cut short and everybody's kind of holding up and just kind of waiting it out like like everybody else. We're we're lucky, you know, to be able to do what we do kind of remotely, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Some some uh, of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh so new album coming out uh, in December, Comet. Uh, this is the first Firefall album since Messenger or Colorado, I believe. Uh, it's been a while. Talk about what made it feel like this is the right time to do, for Firefall to do, to do a new album. Well, it, it, it turned out that we were playing so well together. We got uh, Gary Jones in as, as the uh, new lead singer. So it, things were sounding really well. And we thought, well, well and, and we started, started to, to do... Uh, we started to open up the repertoire a little bit with with uh, Nature's Way and Got a Line on You and um, uh, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. So it just it just felt like maybe we could do another record, and it kind of led into this whole project. Nice. It came out really well too really well too it does it definitely has that classic firefall vibe and spirit and sound to it and speaking of nature's way i thought that was a really cool choice to re-record that song to bring it back um i saw you guys play it uh last year or maybe it was two years ago at the orange county fair and it sounded really good so i'm curious uh what made you what made you feel like this was the right time to bring that one back well it just seemed like it was a good time to honor randy the um, the 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 decision with the uh, uh, Led Zeppelin guys had gone sort of their way, and I thought, God, you know, I want I still want to uh, remember Randy, and we've been playing Nature's Way in the in the Firefall set, so I thought, well, you know, and and I have to be honest that. I'd been asked before to, to, to have to record this song with various people, but I thought, you know, Firefall would be a good, good, good place for this song. So we, we decided to make it a real kind of personal homage to Randy. And then I asked Timothy B. Schmidt to come in and he graced us with his vocals and, and John McPhee. So it was a little, it was a personal little tribute to Randy. It came out really well too, also. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, Timothy, I think, goes back to that Colorado sound, you know, with Poco as well. So that's really cool that you got him on the album. Yeah. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's jump back to the past for a little bit. Uh, you have a really interesting musical lineage, and I wanted to touch on a few different pieces of it, as well as Firefall. But let's go back to the very beginning. Tell me what f first got you into playing music. Well, I was in, you know, in, in high school, there was all this wonderful music coming out. It was, it was pre-Beatles, because I'm, I'm 70, almost 73. 
I graduated from high school in 65. So, you know, my, my, the, my musical awakening involved like uh, Eddie Cochran and uh, Chuck Berry, and Little Richard and those guys. And, and, um, and, and, and a lot of the, the instrumentals of the day, there was like, uh, oh, you know, Telstar and all these great surf surf songs that, that we were able to, that, that's what kind of what we played. And then we got a, our friend Johnny DePolo to sing lead, and we sort of became this kind of uh, a vocal band, but it wasn't a vocal band. It was like a, like a lead singer with a, with a, with a quartet. And then, you know, it, it just occurred to me that, that, when when Rumble came out, when Link Ray re released Rumble, and it was such a simple song that I could play it, and and I you know I could reproduce it, I thought, oh, I could do this. This is this is this is okay. You know, this is it's uh, accessible. So it, it it was a kind of a path of least resistance. I think is the way to say it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is a natural thing, for sure. Yeah, music. Uh, exactly. You were, you were an early member of Can't Heat before you were in Spirit, actually. Does that first vocal band kind of lead into joining Can't Heat? It does, because the uh, first uh, band led into Jay Ferguson and I, who were, went to the same high school together, connecting, and then staying connected and wanting to play music together. And having that evolve into the Red Roosters, which had Randy, California, it, it, it became a real learning period for me because I, I, I hadn't been exposed to uh, folk music really per se. And then when Randy came into the picture, he brought this real traditional blues sense and, and with uh, Ed, Ed Cassidy as well. So I, I was getting schooled by the, all these guys, even though they, <laughs> some of them were very young, much younger than me. And it just turned out to be a really rich uh, environment for us to be, be really creative. And then of course the story goes that Randy and Cass moved to uh, New York for uh, work related uh, opportunities for Cass. And then Randy uh, running into uh, Jimmy Hendrix, Jimmy James, actually. Uh, but, you know, it just, it was a rich, kind of a magical time, to be honest. It was very unusual. So, but I was in there plugging away with, with, the, with the Can't Heat guys, getting my education in the blues, because they, those guys, Bob Height, Henry Vestine, and my, my good friend, Barry Hansen, who is Dr. Demento. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Are incredibly prolific blues record collectors. So I was getting educated in the blues, and I'm I'm a surfer kid from the San Fernando <laughs> getting educated in I the blues it. by these guys. You know, do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, you, you, it's a very California sound, and then you go to this like rougher Southern sound. That's a that's yeah, it's it's a change of pace. Surface kind of you know bouncy and upbeat. So like to go to something you know more restrained like the blues, that's really interesting. Yes, it was. It was. It was. A, 
it was a pivotal, it was kind of a, 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 a very pivotal moment for me as a musician, because I went to someplace, you know, like you said, it was a little darker, a little, you know, uh, I don't know, you could even almost say menacing in a way, because the yeah. blues were, you know, it was, it was like a little, you know, Little Richard was, it scared a lot of people. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he scared people. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's a really cool. I didn't I didn't know that you kind of like pivoted from like surf to blues. That's a really interesting pathway to take. And then you kind of come back, you come back around to spirit, which kind of like balances, or at least it always seemed like to me balances, like there's a bit of blues in there, but there's also a bit of folk and a bit of well, psychedelic in that music. Yeah, that, that's what I got slapped with in the beginning of, of spirit was that Randy and Cass came back from from New York ready to jazz it up and and i'm in folk blues world getting smacked with uh these guys saying oh let's play tunji you know john coltrane and i'm like <laughs> what who what's going on so i got i was in school for, a, for the the first part of the whole spirit even before we named it spirit i was in kind of like uh music school <laughs> nice nice I got a weird Wikipedia fact about Spirit I wanted to ask you about just because the things you see online sometimes are just hilarious. And the weird thing I read, it said, it literally said this, and I'm quoting, during a bout with the flu, Mark co-wrote one of Spirit's first singles, Mechanical World, with fellow Spirit member Jay Ferguson. Is that even true? Well, it kind of is. Yeah, we were living, we were actually living together in the uh, this house in Topanga. It was Jay, myself, um, uh, Barry, Dr. Demento, and John Locke. And, and the four of us lived in, in Topanga, and, and uh, uh, Cass and Randy still lived in um, Santa Monica. And man, I had this like flu thing going on, and I was sort of semi-delirious. But I wrote, the, wrote this thing, and I, and I said to Jay, I said, check this out, because I kind of like it. And it was the the uh, melody and and the figure for uh, that song, you know, and and he wrote the the beautiful middle section of, of and of course, but excuse me, but uh, yeah, it was like a, a fever induced songwriting experience. <laughs> it, was, it came out great. It came out really good. So I definitely worked out for you. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. And then after Spirit breaks up. You formed a band called jo Jojo Gun. Am I saying that right, or is it, jo is it Jojo Gun? No, jo jo Jojo Gun. Jojo and Gun. Uh, that, that was with Jay. Jay and I decided yep. uh, to to leave. There were some splits in the band during the uh, the. Uh, God, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. I'll get. I'll get. But the twelve, but the twelve dreams record. We sort of. There were there were little fissures in in the in the relationship thing. So Jay and I kind of thought, well, maybe we would like to work together beyond spirit, and and we would just kind of wait and see. And it turns out that uh, we did actually move on and start JoJo Gun with my brother Matt and uh, Curly Smith. So it was a it, it was a conscious decision to move away from um, spirit music more into kind of a feel-good rock 
slide guitar, piano, you know, music. And you had a hit with a, a song called Run, Run, Run. And then, the band, and then the band broke up, you know, not long after that. And, you know, do you feel like that band didn't really get a shot or did it just kind of, were there other forces that just caused, kind of caused it, caused it to implode so quickly? Well, it, it, it stayed together, actually. I was fired from the, my own band. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was quite a moment. And, and you know, I, 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 it still sort of baffles me, but I was, and then they stayed together. It was kind of a one-hit wonder thing. But Jay finally uh, had his, uh, his Thunder Island hit, which was kind of a, uh, a solo effort on his part. Uh, so Jojo Gunn kind of didn't really do too much. They stayed together, but didn't really do too much. Run, Run, Run was kind of the big hit. And then Jay had uh, Thunder Island and then went on to produce wonderful music. He wrote the uh, theme for The Office. Oh, wow. Yeah, and is in, it still does music for uh, NCIS LA. Nice. So he's very prolific and very talented and met my brother's uh in texas and is as uh eccentric as ever and uh curly smith is was is uh when when boston plays curly smith plays with him so he was the drummer nice yes and that's like you moved through three bands at this point with canned heat spirit and now jojo gun you move to boulder colorado you end up joining firefall like, what are you thinking at this point? Are you like hoping to like maybe this project lasts a little bit longer than the, the previous projects had? Like, like, what are your thoughts? Like, cause you're on band number four at this point. Yeah, well, I was so disillusioned. I, I was so, my feelings were so hurt. I just felt like I wanted to leave the music business. And I just happened to, and, and, and the, the, I, the, the funny thing is, and I'm sure you'll get this irony. I'm going, Mitt, Get you know blank you guys. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving, and I go to Colorado. I don't know. I know one family in Colorado, the Gorenson family, and they're they're like my, um, you know, really a real family to me, but not my real family. And I I start from scratch, and it turns out that Topanga and Laurel Canyon and all, every the Hollywood moves. To, to Colorado at the same time. <laughs> so I think I'm leaving LA, but no, LA moved with me, you know. <laughs> I love it. The irony is delicious, I know. Well, your, fate, your fate was sealed, like, nope, you can't outrun it, no matter what you do. <laughs> so I wound up uh, playing music with some guys, and uh, after I, you know, I kind of licked my wounds, and I kind of recovered from the whole I mean, I I took it as a really sort of a, I was betrayed. And uh, it took a while for that to, to, for me to recover. But then I got to, you know, I, I met up with uh, Chris Hillman, who was my neighbor in uh, the, up up west of uh, Boulder, up in the mountains. And then uh, Dan Fogelberg bought his house. So we, <laughs> I, I was friends with both of the, those guys. And it was, it was, it was a, a very interesting time and uh, kind of freewheeling and I kind of was 
but ultimately fell in with Chris and then that resulted in Rick and Jock and myself falling to end together and realizing, oh, okay, well, this is something that could be uh, a group and then that's how we put Firefall together. And you guys came together and you were on four of those like early Firefall albums and they're all great. You played on all those hits, Strange Way and uh, You Are the Woman, Mexico, Cinderella, Sweet and Sour, all those great songs. Uh, yeah. Did being in that in that band? Did it feel any different? You know, from the previous three, like was like your experience more, like you were more experienced at this point. So how did that change? Like you going into like Firefall, having all those hits. Like were you a little more like, like knowing what to look out for in the business, or were you just like happy to, that the band was successful at that point? Kind of a little bit of both things, because I kind of knew what to watch out for, although it didn't really help <laughs> it, it didn't really you know make me have better decisions <clears throat> but i think i i felt like i wanted to keep the thing on, on 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 a certain track and i had a certain work ethic and the uh the firefall we had a, a rehearsal room and jock and david and i would go to work and we would work all day on songs and jock and, and uh, rick and larry would come by and <clears throat> uh, kind of in, introduce these songs and then uh, uh jock uh, uh, david and i would like really go through and, and and arrange them so it was a cool little system and we did really well and we were a, a really kind of a rock band and ironically the first hit of course is you are the woman, which kind of softened the whole radio experience. So, it uh, Firefall was always this dichotomy of a real kind of a, a rock band that that could play light kind of pop songs, but was you know. So we were kind of uh, it, it, it's been interesting because Firefall is known for its kind of vocals and stuff but we're really a rock band <laughs> i feel like that comes across live too because like like i've seen you guys live twice and oh there you go you yeah get you, it. yeah you there, there's definitely more of like you guys kind of extend some songs like guitar solos get extended uh dave you know even with his flute he really gets to like you know during strange where he really gets to show off like you guys are like there's no other word for it. you guys. You guys jam and it's great. Like you're not just like, you know, like a pop band and that really comes through, I think. Well, there you go. That Then you, you get what I'm trying to clumsily express yeah. with, <laughs> you know, we're players and we love the songs, but uh, we really like to, to improvise and stuff, so. Nice, nice. Let's, I wanna talk about the new record a little more. Uh, I love the song way back when, and I love the video too. And one thing I like about the video especially is, you're at the beginning of the video and you're talking about how in the 60s there was so much going on, there was unrest and the music was kind of the soundtrack to the times. And now, you know, we're kind of living, you know, in a similar, you know, a similar era. There's similar stuff going on that there was then. Uh, when you guys were putting this to get record together, like, was there any thought like, you know, this record is kind of kind of be the score to 2020 in a way, or was the record kind of finished and put together before all of this kind of started to bubble up and rise above the surface. It sort of bubbled up around us, actually. And, and um, it was surprising 
to us. I think that, that God, here we are. And, and uh, the music is, you know, we need, we need the music. And, 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 and there's so much um, going on. It just seemed like there was like a, uh, it was, it was appropriate to say, okay, here's the context and uh, contrasting and, and, and putting it together. And man, it's kind of, we're in a similar position. I mean, we're kind of in the same boat in, in, in a, at a different decade. It's kind of crazy, yeah, right? Definitely, it's, it's, it's a strange experience, but I, I will say even with all going on, the record is very, I don't know, it feels positive to me. It's a nice reprieve from what's going on. And that, that song way back when, it's a great way to kick things off. So, so I feel like you guys definitely crafted a record that, you know, even though, you know, you're self-aware of what's going on, I feel like Nature's Way especially is self-aware of what's going on, you know, with the environment and stuff. Like, you, get, you guys still put together a record that's, like, uplifting and fun, so it's great, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, everything happened at the same time, you still managed to pull that out, that's really cool. Well, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you for interpreting it that way, because I think that's how, how it, it was intended and what we would like to present to everybody and you're a, a discriminating listener and we thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, one of my favorite songs is a new mexico because that really especially gives me that classic firefall vibe and to me i think that's going to be a fun song to play live when you guys can do that again talk a bit about that one because man that song just kicks it's a it's like a great way to bring it all home well you know it, it is and jock unabashedly just said man you know, I I want to write a a, a, a new Mexico, and it, it clicked. Boom, New Mexico. So he went off on it, and uh, it's one of his signature songs. I mean, what that it, when you go back to his um, style of playing, I mean, Mexico is one of his memor most memorable solos. Oh yeah. So he he pays homage to Mexico by kind of rewriting it. And uh, I'm really glad you get the uh, you get the, the 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 joke of it and the, yeah. the the coolness of it because it it's a badass groove. I mean, it really it's it's what it is. It's the perfect song for summertime in Southern California. It's great. There you go. Exactly. I, I love it. Uh, I wanted to also touch on a little bit about how I initially discovered your bass playing, uh, and that is through Heart. Uh, and you were a part of. Like, honestly, my, my, I love the 70s era heart. It's great music. But man, I really have a soft spot for that 80s stuff like Passion Works and the self-titled and Bad Animals. Talk a bit how, about how you came to join the band and your time in that band, what that was like. Okay. Well, it was wonderful. And, and um, when I left Firefall in 1980, I moved uh, my little family back to California and to the... Uh, Venice, California, Playa del Rey area. And I'm kind of like trying to re rediscover myself. I mean, it's kind of a crunch time for me because I, I, I got a family, I've got a little boy and a stepdaughter. And I'm playing with Tim, Timmy Goodman, Tim, Tim Goodman. And uh, John McPhee is producing a record for him. And, and, I'm, and things are kind of coming together. And I'm rehearsing one day and I see uh, this guy who turns out to be a guy named Gavin Menzies wheeling in or out of the studio, uh, uh, Howard Lease's road, road 
cases. Oh wow! And I go, wait, wait, you know, this is Howard, Howard, Howard Stone. I go, he goes, yeah. I said, oh man. So I wrote a little note. Said, hey, Howard, it's Mark. I'm back in L.A. Give me a call sometime. And I wrote down my number. And I heard nothing for like three months. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I got a call, and he says, "Hey, man." Uh, I said, "Howie, uh, what do you, do you want to kind of think about Heart? Do you want to maybe join Heart?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "No, no problem there." And he goes, "Okay. Well, I'm going to be with Nancy. We're going to be at the Red Zone Studios in Burbank." And uh, come, come, you know, we'll, we'll set up a date and come in and maybe play. And so I did. And uh, um, the funny thing is that they didn't want to hear me jam with them. Hmm. They said, "Okay, just bring your bass." And I, I and I, I did. And they and, and Nancy and I sat in this little courtyard, and and I plugged into this teeny little lamp, and it was just her and me, and me plugged into my bass. And she goes, "Well, we'll, we'll play something." And I go, okay. And I kind of, being a, a kind of a guitar guy, I just played some, like a, a little guitar song on bass, you know, chord, chord, chordy kind of stuff, you know, kind of stuff that sounded kind of melodic. And she said, okay, that, that, that was really nice. And, and of course, we have known each other because Firefall opened up a ton of shows for Heart. And we went to, you know, Japan together to oh, wow. the Beach Boys. So I know these guys. So it's not like just me cold calling Nancy and playing some bass. It's like me saying, hey, yeah, how you doing? Here, yeah, here, here you go. Here's a little bass thing. And they said, okay. And they said, okay, well, we would like you to, to do this. And then I recall that they brought me up to Seattle up to Woodenville to Nancy's house and I think that's where we jammed with Na with Anne and uh, I don't think Denny was back from Europe he was Denny was playing with uh, Michael Schenker at that time and I don't think he was involved in that jam but uh, we, we we threw down a pretty pretty good jam at Nancy's place and I think that's that was kind if I had an audition that's it was unspoken it wasn't set I was never told that was the audition but I think that was probably the audition and I think uh, Anne I passed the audition with Howie and Nance and then Anne needed to kind of check it out and I think you know we threw down pretty good at uh, Nancy's that time so I had the gig awesome Awesome, that's really cool. And you got to be part of kind of like the second wave of heart. Like that self-titled album really blew up for the for them. Like, what was that like? Because I know the record before it, Passion Works, hadn't done quite as well as they had hoped. So I know that that self-titled record was like, you know, that was a make or break moment. And they brought in songwriters and they kind of cleaned up the sound a bit. Like, what were your thoughts on, on that? Did you think that was like a step in the right direction or do you think heart should have kind of remained that 70s acoustic based band that they that they had been well it would not have bothered me to to have stayed more of the acoustic band and it grew from there because i think that uh private audition was their low point to be honest i mean that that was a stinko record and they kind of were in trouble and then i think uh uh passion works was sort of the turning point because uh uh, how can I refuse you kind of 
did okay on, on some of the uh, radio charts. But you're right, it, it, the, the, the unconditional success was not until the, the self-titled record and that really blew everything through the roof. And I have, am, I kind of a little, I don't know, you know, I think there was a trade-off there where, where they kind of gave up something when they went totally with, you know, Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly and, you know, uh, you know, all these great writers and we had, I'm proud of, I'm so proud of these dreams. And I think there would have, would have been a good balance between maybe being the hippie, uh, acoustic band that wrote their own stuff and did some of some of the pop stuff that was uh, available to us but you know it was disappointing to me that we didn't really explore some of the internal talent but i'll tell you those songs and those and and that those shows that band we we rehearsed the guys and that band uh, howie diddy and i would we Man, we worked hard to, to make those records and those shows really, really sparkle with our, our technical prowess. And uh, I think we were successful. It was a killer band. I was proud of it. It definitely was. There used to be, I have no idea if it's still up, but there was like a full shot show from the Bad Animals tour. And man, that, that band just cooks. It is great. And to your point about like how they kind of, you know, gave up one sound for another, I do think it seemed like to me at least, and maybe you have a different perspective, but there are moments on those albums, like the heart self-titled and bad animals and brigade, like where it almost seemed like that 70s sound wanted to come through a bit more like on a song like RSVP, which ends bad animals. That's very reminiscent of the old sound or a song like uh, the song bad animals, like that could have been, you know, maybe with a raw production, that could have been on something like Baby Little Strange. Well, a very good point. I mean, that, that's when, when, when the band really allowed themselves to really collaborate and really throw down as a band, you're getting glimpses of those previous eras. And, and uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I thought it was a missed opportunity not to go there a little more, but boy, we sure had success. And, and, I mean, she may have complained about, oh, you know, they, they may be singing these songs. But yeah. the thing that Anne would, you, you can't make a lead singer sing a song great. There was one more album uh, that I was reading about that you played on that I, it's an album I'm a fan of and I didn't realize you played on, was uh, Confessor by Jill Walsh. How did that come into, into being? Was, was that just a session thing or what happened there? Well, that was, um, Denny was coming in to do this session, and I don't, I don't even know that I knew exactly what the session was, but he was coming in, and um, I picked him up from the airport, and I said that I would be glad to take him out to the studio, because, you know, I, uh, so I knew those guys, and um, we got out there, because and I had no idea that I, that, that I, I would be asked to be on the session. So I go there and Joe goes, Oh man, you know, you have to play on this thing. And I'm going, man, I, you know, this is crazy. So they rented me a bass. I mean, I didn't even bring a, 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 an instrument. So 
um, after you know a, a long night, we got the track down, and it was fun. It was really, really cool. It was really, really great. But Denny, it was Denny's gig. Huh. He was you know, he he was the guy that was that had the gig, and then I kind of uh, uh, drafted behind him into that. That's kind of funny. Do you remember what song you played yeah. on? Uh, yeah, it was uh, the the confession, not not the uh, the uh, acoustic version, but the, the title song. Oh, okay. You played on that. Uh, that's a good. That's a great song. Good. Good. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's it. All right, so uh, I no. got sorry. Yeah. All right, two more questions. Uh, first off, sure. one last thing on com comment. Like I said, it's a very uh, you know upbeat, you know uplifting album in what, with what we're going through right now. Uh, with with it finished, and you know you know hindsight is tw is twenty twenty twenty. Like, does this like does this, like make you go all right? You know, maybe a few years down the line, we'll do another we'll do another Firefall album. Like, has this kind of like you know reinvigorated like the desire to write and record more music? Well, that easily could be, you know. <clears throat> we just have to get out there and start playing. And then I think that uh, that will sort of inform us, you know. Uh, we, we have definitely hit, hit a kind of our stride in the studio. I'm pleased with how things are sounding. Our vocal blend is solid, and uh, it would be fun to, to explore but, you know, you have to offset this with uh, either, you know, merchandising somehow or, I mean, it, it costs money to, to record these things. And um, it, it, it has to be justified by us being able to get out there and selling merchandise and, and selling enough stuff so that we can afford to record new stuff, right? Right, yeah, I totally get that. So uh, just to bring it all home, uh, I always end these by asking a, uh, I ask a tour story question, you know, like what's a funny story you have from, you know, being on the road and you've been in so many different bands. Uh, I'm sure it's hard to pick one, but do you have a favorite Firefall uh, tour story? Well, <clears throat> I do. Ha I, I actually have a great one. Okay. Uh, Firefall and, and Spirit. Uh, co-headlined co co uh, a, oh, wow. a tour in California and we uh, we, we traded uh, headlining so uh, Fire, uh, Firefall opened the show for Spirit at the uh, Santa Monica Civic Auditorium because that was our that was Spirit's kind of home turf and man uh, Neil Young came out and, and oh wow Sang with with uh, Firefall. It was so cool and right, kind of in our backyard. You know, it was like, you know, Topanga was right up the road, and you know, Laurel Canyon was just down the street. So it, it was uh, that was special. That was kind of special. Nice. I, that's a great great story. And that's you know, Neil Young's just a legend. So just to have him like decide, I'm going to sing with you guys tonight. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Well, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I think everybody should go check out Comet by Firefall, coming out December fourth. I hope I hope I'm saying the correct date. I should be. I should have written that down. I think I think you're close. In the I heard of the eleventh. Okay, December. Knows? Yeah, December eleventh. <laughs> December fourth. December eleventh. Go check out the record. Uh, and just to bring it all home, 
Mark, where can people find the, you know, the latest info? What's going on in the world of Firefall? It's uh, firefallofficial.com. That's, nice. That's, and we do have a, have a Facebook page as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mark. I appreciate you talking to me. And until next time, I'm your host, The Sly Dog. Peace, love, music. Oh, man.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.